The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant with me, even though I was their husband, declares the Lord. No, this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my instructions within them and engrave them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. On that same day, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, What are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped, their faces downcast. The one named Cleopas replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who is unaware of the things that have taken place over there the last few days? He said to them, What things? They said to him, The things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and by all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. All these things happened three days ago. But there's more. Some women from our group have left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. They came to us saying they had even seen a vision of angels who told him he is alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found these things just as the women said. They didn't see. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, your dull minds keep you from believing all that the prophets talked about. Wasn't it necessary for Christ to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then he interpreted for them the things written about himself in all the scriptures, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets. When they came to Emmaus, he acted as if he was going on ahead. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, it's nearly evening, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took his seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road, and when he explained the scripture for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, The Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened to them along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. Just imagine what it was like for these two guys dragging their feet down the path back towards Emmaus, a little village about seven miles west of Jerusalem right after Easter. There's no life in their steps while they gossip about the strange events of the past two weeks where Jerusalem had been busy, noisy, and chaotic as people had poured into the town for Passover. Lots more tourists than usual. Everybody coming in to offer sacrifices, a time the families got together. And so many different events going on at the same time. It had started with the crowds that gathered when Jesus rode the donkey into town. And people were busy waving palm branches and dancing in the streets on whatever was later to become Palm Sunday. While history also rumors that there was an attempted Jewish insurrection against the Romans going on somewhere else in town at the same time. Then, later in the week, there were people making all kinds of plans for celebrating Passover, enough so that Jesus and his disciples had to rent a room 
to have their Passover meal together. And just imagine these two men talking about the fuss over the arrest of Jesus, by this time a fairly well-known prophet in his own right, and the crowds that gathered when he was put up has a possible release, but he was put to death instead. And just about the time a sane body would think that the death of a prophet would end the noise, no. Now, supposedly, people have been reported seeing him all around town in different places. Just imagine the conversation these two men were lost in when they are joined by another traveler who asks them, what are you talking about? Only one of the two men are identified, Cleophas, who answers, are you the only one who hasn't heard? And so Cleophas tries to get this third stranger caught up on the news. And that's a plenty long list of events. And just imagine the stranger trying to explain to the two men because they didn't understand what was written about the prophecies of Jeremiah that explained how this had to happen to fulfill the scriptures. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. And the other scriptures about the new promises. The days are coming when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judea. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was like a husband to them. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to another, know the Lord, because they will know all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Now that's a powerful covenant. It is here that we are finally beginning to understand the depth of the gifts that Jesus has given us when he did what was right and just to the land, where he showed us what mercy looks like to the downtrodden, where he didn't make a distinction on status in society when healing the sick, where he fed the thousands, when he practiced a new radical kind of social justice in his ministry that was out of step with the hierarchy of his time. Throughout his ministry, he showed the people, from the least to the greatest, a new way of how to know and love God. But there are times when we feel it in our hearts and throughout our whole bodies at other times, before we are even consciously aware that God is working inside of us and all around us. We often have to learn to see, to hear, and to act with mercy and fairness in every setting and social grace to all people around us. We do this because God is always with us, around us, and through us, has part of us. It is that new promise that even if we break the covenant, God will remember our sins no more. Jesus will walk with us side by side always. 
Now that's something to dance about. Just imagine, after a few hours of really deep conversation, these two men wanted to learn more, and with a little coaxing, they get the stranger to stay with them for the evening meal at the house in Emmaus. And just imagine, they sit down together, the stranger takes up the loaf of bread, gives thanks, breaks the bread, and hands the pieces to the two men. Just imagine the shock when they realized it was Jesus that they were talking with. They promptly went back to Jerusalem, practically dancing, now knowing that he would always walk with them.